Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece here with my co-host Samantha Tradelius. Samantha, I had a call this morning with a sophomore college student from Tulane University. And she is in this um career, I don't know, it's like a career planning class or sort of a you know, let's let's talk about career path sort of class. And she was charged with interviewing somebody who works in an industry that she's interested in. So she wanted to speak with me. And, and in the process of that conversation, talked about how I've had these sort of two very distinct buckets of my career. Like there was the first, you know, 15-ish years. And then because life happens, I had to take a big pivot and reinvent myself for the next, well, 20. Okay, cool. I just fully dated myself. Um, but it was really interesting to kind of go back through that process in my head and talk about it out loud. And our guest today has, I think, kind of a similar experience, um, just a lot younger and smarter than me. So there's <laughs> always that. So we have with us today, Tamika Bickham. Tamika, thank you so much for being here all the way from Miami, the beauty of technology. Yes, yes. Thanks for having me. And wait, where are you? We're in the Bay Area. We're on the other side. We're on the yeah, other I'm side. Close to Tampa Bay. I should be specific. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, you should be specific. I was thinking, I'm like, San Francisco Bay Area? Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, San Francisco Bay Area. So you, you know, I want to take it back to the beginning of your career because you kind of like me, um, you know, studied, went to school, had this very linear career path and you were going to be a reporter. You were actually childhood wanted to be a detective, which I love that. You're our Dateline sister through and through. Yes. But that, yes. that ultimate curiosity took you more down the lines of broadcast journalism. And that's a tough industry. And you fought and clawed your way into a local TV reporter, anchor, which is a dream job. Um, and then and until it wasn't, right? right. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Talk about what it took to get there. And then what changed when you went, no, I'm out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I love that you also love Dateline because I'm still into all of the true crime things. Oh, and I'm like, oh God, it's yeah. a passion. It's a passion <laughs> for us. I'm like, how would my life have turned out if I became a detective? But then once I got a little older and realized, hey, you have to actually um, kind of work your way up and be on patrol. I was like, I mean, credit to those who do it, but I was not cut out for, for that path. Um, if, you, if you marry it with the rookie TV show, it's not as attractive. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I just, I've always loved storytelling and I've always loved the way those types of stories come together. Um, so I pursued broadcast journalism and um, I actually really didn't want to go the local news route, which at the time was still the common kind of route to take coming out of school. Um, because this is, I know you think I'm not much younger, but still, when I was in college, we didn't really, like, Facebook was just emerging. We didn't have all of these different. We weren't in that 24-hour news, 24 news cycle yeah. world yet. You re well, yeah, that was, that was kind of here. But, like, people still were spending more time watching traditional news and not necessarily 
getting all of their news. Like when I was in college, remember the Razor, the Razor phone? We like we didn't yeah. have this market. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Razor. I had a Razor. The razor was popular. Yes. <laughs> um, but we didn't have news at the palm of our hands then. So we didn't have it didn't at least at that time it didn't feel like there were so many different options. And I wanted to work on more long form, which is something that you have larger budgets for at the network level. Um, but most people get there through local news, which is a lot of, you know, small town reporting on random things <laughs> that are of not much interest. Like I had friends who went to Waco, Texas. I had friends um, who went to like Jackson, Tennessee. Um, so anyways, I went that route because I had a mentor who said, you look good on camera. You just need to get your experience. You're a great writer. Do this for a couple of years and you'll be able to work your way up. So that's what I did. And I went to Montgomery, Alabama, which actually wasn't so bad after the first six months. <laughs> and I got over the culture shock. Uh, <laughs> it's a different town there. I, I was there over the summer. It's a different vibe there. It's a different vibe. But it was a good place to kind of cut my teeth in news. Um, because I was in a state capital, so there was always news to cover in comparison to like, hey, you know, a cow tipped over out here in the fields, um, because we were covering politics in the state house. Um, so that was really interesting and a, a really steep learning curve. So I did two years there and then had the opportunity to come back to South Florida at University of Miami, where I, um, went to college because my, that same mentor was an assistant news director at the ABC affiliate and had essentially groomed me to be able to come back to Miami, which still, even though Montgomery was like a good pace as far as, you know, having a lot of stories and we had obviously college sports, which Auburn and Alabama have been dominating, like there were fun times, but Miami was just, when I came back, we were in the middle of, um, I think police had just taken down like, um, a big time drug dealer. So there was like a turf war going on. We had a lot of mass shootings. And I just say that because like being 24, 25 at the time, it was just like shooting, shooting, like in, I'm working overnights, getting into work at three or three 30 in the morning. And then you're on crime scenes at that time. Like it was just wild. Yeah, it was wild, but a lot of people do it. Um, and not every single day was like that, but more days, we're like that, then we're not. And ultimately I was like- I imagine Miami gives you that exposure to make that leap that you still thought at this point you were heading to, which is more of that that national news, like human interest stories, long form stories that probably, Miami probably gets you there faster than Montgomery. Absolutely. And Even it's definitely- a better barbecue, but other than that- that they do that they are known for for sure it is a pipeline to to network news and I think it could have just been a couple of years longer of me kind of staying in it until I I went that path because a lot of my colleagues did that but then I realized um going that way like once the talent which is essentially what I was like at the local news level you're doing everything you're writing you're interviewing you're pitching your stories okay, we had editors and videographers, so we were working as a team. But once you get to the network level, and maybe things have changed, but at least my understanding of it is the talent oftentimes is not then doing all of the writing. 
because now they've gotten into this role. They have producers, they have writers. And I'm like, well, that's what I wanted to do because truly that's what I love doing. So I didn't want to lose that. Um, and I just felt like, and then there was just the emergence of social media and things were like rapidly changing in 2014, 2015. And I just felt like there were going to be a lot of different opportunities that would come up and that would totally change the landscape of news, which we have certainly seen over the last five, six, seven years. But I think like going back into covering these stories that are not things that people, I mean, they're, they're hard stories. They're awful stories. And you're seeing these horrible things happen. I mean, that's gotta be taxing on a gal after a while. You're just like, here we go again. I mean, it's gotta be just emotionally like a, just a mind game. It is. It is. I, um, funny stories. Cause a lot of us in news, we all know each other and like we bring each other with each other as we like move up in market size. And one of my long time, like best friends, <laughs> I worked with in my very first day in Montgomery, total goofball like from the country but great videographer and storyteller so once I we worked together throughout my time in Alabama and then about a year after I came back to Miami I was like hey Marcus they have a job open here um and they interviewed him he got the role so then we worked together in Miami and I just remember his first couple of days working in Miami and just like well not only because it's hot but because he was stressed out just like dripping sweat like wearing towels over his head and then we just got to the point because we eventually both ended up working the same shift which was the night shift where we'd get in like 2 30 in the afternoon and we would just call each other on the way in, like, what you got today? And we would just, like, psych each other up to be able to handle it because you ha- you do have to. And you probably, I feel like we hear this from first responders, people in law enforcement as well, and is you have to disconnect yourself mm-hmm. from, like, so much of it because otherwise there's things, of course, that I will never be able to forget Um but it is it is difficult, especially when and I think at that time there was still more of um an appreciation, maybe. I don't know if that's the right word for me news media. And then since then we've kind of seen this evolution and media being attacked. But of course, anytime we had to show up to let's say like the worst of the worst scenes, especially when there were children involved or something really tragic like that, and you're asking family for interviews. I mean, you could understand why they would be upset with you. And And like, how do you keep your shit together? Cause, or like, you're like hearing these stories and you're just like sobbing. I mean, I would be a disaster. And then the other thing too, is like when you're covering these stories and you're just like, I can't even believe I'm talking about this because this is insane. (laughs) You you realize that you do not need to make things up for them to be a good story. Like fact is stranger than fiction, especially, well, and because too, here in Florida, right, we got that whole thing, like, you know. It's Florida another level, can, man. Because Florida, Florida like, it's just <laughs> wild. <laughs> what did Stacey, Stacey just sent me one last night, it was like the cocaine shark. There was like, yeah, some, like she's like, off. because Florida, like, okay. Exactly. Exactly. Where else would that happen? All right. So now you've got yourself pointed in this direction. Very competitive industry. You're making progress. You're making big strides. You are probably one step away from where you had targeted yourself to be at this point. And then in 2014, you just go, nope. I think uh, I think you actually said you were missing a meeting, and you uh, resigned. You walked away. No. No job to walk to, no plan of what you were going to do. It just seemed like 
woke up on a Tuesday and went, mm, I'm out. Like, not, what? Not what exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> you are correct that I did not have another job, another plan. Um, but there are a couple reasons for that in TV as talent. You have contracts. So I there were certain things I could and could not do. Um, and, but it was something I was building myself up to because I, you know, I think as people, but especially women, like we always feel like this fear of letting somebody down. And I had this long time, um, male boss who was my mentor, who essentially opened the door for me to come back and like had groomed me for this role. And I felt like I was letting him down by saying, because I was still in my contract, I was only halfway through and I had to ask to be let out. And I just felt like, I, I mean, it took me a couple months to, from the time that I knew I had to make a change to when I finally mustered up the courage to have that conversation, because one, I wanted to be sure, um, but two, I was terrified to have the conversation and just, you know, in retrospect, being like 10 years older now, um, I think I, I just wouldn't even have such hesitation, but I just didn't want to let people down. I didn't know what the response was going to be, but I knew, um, I knew I needed a little time off and I was like, okay. And I mean, honestly, for 25, 26 at the time, I was making pretty good money. I didn't have many responsibilities. I was like, all right, I saved up a little, I'm gonna take a little trip to Vegas. Yes. <laughs> figure life out. <laughs> Vegas is always a place you could figure it out. But like how cool to be able to like have that in you at that young age where you were like, there's more for me in a different way to be able to share my gift. And your gift is so connective and so cool. I was watching some of your videos and just your, your presence and your ability to get that out of other people, I think is the coolest because we'll get into what you're doing, but you know, being on camera, and I've been on camera plenty of times. It's hard and it's uncomfortable. And like seeing yourself or listening to yourself. I mean, those are all very hard things to do. And then to to take that to not someone who's in that space to, to just a normal, you know, everyday citizen, th th what you're doing and what you've built is a pretty cool, you know, avenue that I don't know is out there in, in the way that it is. I mean, I've never seen what you're doing out here in California. Oh, Thank you. I appreciate that. Maybe I need to get out to California. Right? I'm, I'm thinking Bay Area up here. <laughs> you need a you need a second office out here. Exactly. Um, but you know, you you uh, you also not only did you have the um, the wherewithal to really follow your heart, regardless of and and we do go through these this thought process of oh my god, I can't let so and so down, whether it's a spouse or a mentor or your kids or your mom or whatever, and. And um, sometimes our heart's desire doesn't match up with the feeling of not letting down. And so what do you let drive you? Do you stay in something that you know isn't really for you long-term for everybody else? And you did what was best for you. So lesson number one is really listen to your heart and follow what's best for you, regardless of what you think the reaction is going to be. But you also sort of took this really cool job and carved out the piece that you loved the most started it really as a side hustle and then turned it into a full-time, hugely successful. <laughs> so uh, fast forward today, let's talk about TV media group. I appreciate that. Thank you. And the only other thing I want to echo with what you said, as far as listening to your heart is also listen to your body because yes. that was something I learned through that experience. Like when I am not aligned with something, like I physically get 
sick. So that was like my first time really going through such anxiety and like physical manifestations of what was going on inside where I was like, okay, this is my body telling me. Um, but fast forward to today, I don't have those feelings anymore. And, um, but I did go through that again, um, when I was really making the transition to entrepreneurship, because even when I left news, this was not my goal in any way, shape or form. I thought I would, you know, link up with a cool production company and kind of learn the ropes that way. But I just didn't find some, find anything that really matched at the time. So I went into nonprofit arts, which was really awesome. Um, at the new world symphony. Um, I mean, Hey, nonprofit arts definitely, you know, doesn't pay as, as much money as, <laughs> as TV, but I now had like balance and a personal life, holidays off. Um, but that was really where I kind of organically started my business because I was working on a story about the musicians one day and my first ever client uh, saw me working on that piece and was like, hey, could you produce a video for us? And I was like, yeah, no, I don't do that. <laughs> I said no at first. You said no at first? <laughs> well, because I didn't know how. I had never worked with a client. I'm like, well, no, I'm doing this for my job. <laughs> it didn't occur to me whatsoever. I mean, now I feel like everyone's an entrepreneur, which is great. But like, I didn't have anyone in my life who was really doing anything like that. So I, there was definitely a lot of uncertainty. So, um, but then she asked again, a couple, maybe a couple of weeks later, and I went online and I Googled how to start a business and like figured out what I needed to do. And, and that's how it all started. And I worked with that first client. And then I felt so rewarded from that experience. And it was actually another municipality here. And our work was presented to the, to the city commission, which was really cool. Um, and, you know, I proved to myself that, hey, I can work with a client and I still had a lot to learn. But over the next two years or so, I was side hustling. It's still with no intention um, of focusing on that full time. But hey, I liked having some additional money coming in on this side. And um, but even also- then, you weren't even like in this mindset of, oh, let me build this into a business. Mm-hmm. It was just it was fun and you liked doing it and it was extra money on the sides. Cool. I'll just. And so at what point do you go? Well, shit, this could actually work full time. <laughs> <laughs> that kick in. Uh, has that kicked in yet? <laughs> That's always a great question. Like, how? But it has. It has. And it's not knowing the unknown of being that person on that ledge. It's like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. That moment when you're like, I'm going to quit my day job and now I'm going to make this my real job. That's the part I think that's the juiciest because that's the scariest part of entrepreneurship because now there's no safety net. And so true. And the thing is, I never would have done it. And I actually didn't. I got laid off from my job. So the universe, uh, though, the universe aligned itself. It was like, she's ready. Let's push her. Let's see if she hears a really loud message. (laughs) Couldn't couldn't make it any more obvious at that point. Totally, totally. And it's funny because maybe at that point I had four clients. It was nothing too hectic. Um, I was really just trying to work on one thing at a time so I could still focus on my job. But I had one client 
um, who said to me, hey, you know, why don't you just kind of leave that thing and focus on this full time? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I got the benefits, I got the pension, the you know, all the things. And then boom, a couple months later, they said, away, away she went. Like, Away she went. And I was still in her crazy thing. I was still interviewing. There were, I mean, look, I work hard and I commit myself to whatever role I'm in. And I just wasn't sure. There's just such a steep learning curve with entrepreneurship and doing like there's a difference between making extra money every month <laughs> to repair the house or go on vacation versus like, okay, it's all on this. Like mm -hmm. I've got to provide everything. Now um, you're creating a business, building a business. Yeah. Uh, so you're doing all the you're doing all of the production work and the 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 creative stuff, and then you also have to have your your business brain, your I'm going to say less creative side, to actually do all the nuts and bolts of the business too. Yes, and a lot of that didn't, you know, you kind of learn as you go, or people say build the plane in the air, but little by little, I kind of figured out <laughs> things as far as okay bookkeeping and how to track these types of things and then I quickly learned that I was like I was not cut out to do everything myself so I would bring on like hey one contractor help me with this piece and then I realized shoot now we need systems like how are we working together how are we delivering um and then it kind of that kind of evolved and then before you knew it there were like eight of us and I needed more systems and then um you know and then to lead and then to manage and train in some way like it, it, there's always something new like this year has very much so been about kind of honing into like more my niche positioning and also sales strategies. Like there was just so much there that I wasn't doing. So, you know, I'm at least, I love learning and I'm a continual learner, but there's always something new in business to learn. And like, you never reach no. the top, right? Like yeah. you never, never just, it, there is no top because the goalpost just keeps moving. I always say like entrepreneurship's like, go into the garbage disposal, jump in and turn it on. Cause that's, and you're just like dodging the blades. Like, you know, how, how can I do this? And then once you master that, you're like, Oh God, here comes another curveball. And I mean, that's the beautiful part of the role, but it's not for everybody. And, you know, being able to learn early on too, that you can't do everything and you got to bring in these different personalities that there are people that enjoy bookkeeping, right? I'm not one of them, but I need it. Um, and, and I think too, being, having to have the creative mind and the business mind, it's, it's a constant battle between the two, because sometimes the creativity doesn't match the, you know, income coming, like you can't pay for this because we got to make money here and, you know, oh, oh, we got to pay this and all, you know, and then you've got people and responsibilities and whew, it's so much. And it's so great to, to hear a woman who's had a story and who's like, you know, figuring it out as she goes and, if you, you step on the wrong stone, well, then you pick a different block to jump on and you figure it out. I've stepped on a lot of wrong stones. God, we all have the quicksand, the falling off the cliff. I mean, these are all normal. This is all normal. But hey, fail fast and fail forward. <laughs> yes. So you so you've built this company and you you do offer a lot of different services, whether it's video production, social media marketing, content writing, speaking and training, brand photography, like kind of all of the creative 
parts that companies and nonprofits need to tell their story, to promote what they're doing. Um, most of us suck at it, so we need people like you. But you are also a certified minority business enterprise, and you won a small business growth fund grant. So, you're, I mean, you've got doing some, it right. You, you are doing it right. Um, it's it's interesting though when I think about your business, like you you build trust through storytelling, right? Like, so when you decided, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take that step off the, the, uh, the curb. It's not even the curb. The, I'm going to step off the top of the building. Yeah. Uh, gonna go for it. Like, uh, did it occur to you or how, how was it telling your own story? Because you have told stories for everybody else. Now you have to tell your own to put yourself out there. How was that relative to what you had done in your past? Yeah, I mean, it it did take a little bit of an adjustment, especially coming from the journalism background where, you know, you were never involved in your story. You were really just the communicator of what was happening around you. But I also knew that the way that I told my story was the way that my potential clients were going to perceive how we would work together. So I knew that that was going to be my best marketing tool especially in the early days when I didn't have a whole lot of examples of here's who our clients are, here's the results we've gotten them, and here's how we've worked with them. I really had to just rely on my expertise and connecting with them through my story. So um, I'm, you know, I'm a, I don't mind talking about myself and <laughs> sharing or being authentic. I think that I, I fortunately does come pretty natural to me um, where I know it doesn't always for others, but that did allow um, me to make connections with people where they felt like they trusted me because I was just open and honest, authentic and genuine. Um, and that just helped me, you know, bit by bit, just get like one client at a time in the beginning when I wasn't, um, when nobody knew who I was really. Do you find that people are open to your design ideas or your your thoughts because I know a lot of times you get somebody who's like okay I'm going to invest in this next level of marketing for my business and they have it all figured out and they and you're like well maybe we should try this do you find that people are open and susceptible to it or you get resistance um like how do you deal with that um yeah that's a good question it depends on the person um definitely the more small business owners where it's like hey this is my baby are much more protective of their vision, um, which I totally get because I am the same. Um, but usually with the larger organizations, they're like, take it. We don't have time to be involved. But I don't like anything too much on either one of those ends. I like it to be a collaborative process um, where we're trusted to advise on the best strategies and solutions that we see, but we also know that we can't do it alone. So we do need their input and likes, dislikes, pivots, and all of those things. I think that when we have the equal buy-in from both sides, we end up with the best result. Mm -hmm. And how important for a business is it to be out there in this way? Because a lot of people will be like old school and they're like, oh, well, I'm just going to do print or, oh, I'm only going to do, I don't want to do videos. I mean, how important is a face to a brand? Oh, 
It's such a good question. I mean, right, we I could say what everybody else says and say, hey, it's important and how, you know, video is favored by social media and by search and Google and all of those types of things. But before I would say that, I would just go back to like, what are your goals? Because like, maybe you're a, a small plumbing company and you've got a full book of business because the neighbors are just referring you to each other. And like, maybe that's not necessary, right? That's not usually our client. So I, I use that as an example, but I would just want to understand, like, what are you looking to achieve? Most of our clients are saying people don't know the impact that we create. They don't know the full scope of the the incredible impact we, we have on our, our customers or um, our communities. And we want them to understand that or they aren't reading these reports that we put out. So we really want them to be connected and feel um, be emotionally connected to our brand. So I think that those types of things are coming up where you feel like people don't know who you are, what you what you value, what your mission is, and why that's important. That's where this really comes in. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about where people can find you. Do you only work uh, in Florida area? Or are you nationwide? We are nationwide and we have also traveled to the Caribbean. So I would international. say- <laughs> well, where we went in the Caribbean was actually U.S. Virgin Islands. So I have to, I guess I kind of felt more. <laughs> <laughs> um, your, your website? Our, my website is TB, as in boy, mediagroup.com. You can find us there, all about us, uh, our portfolio of work. I'm on all the social medias. You can just look me up, Tamika Bickham. On Instagram, I'm Tamika Bickham TV. Like, I'm easy to find. I'm very searchable. She's everywhere. I love it. And we'll post all that in our show notes. Tamika, your story, your journey, how you got there, how you started, it's very cool. It's very inspiring. And I think what it really does show is a story of focus and getting uncomfortable and trying new things. And what that can turn into is something pretty magical. So thank you for sharing you, your story. You've definitely left us inspired. And we hope that everybody else gets out there this week and is inspired.